Welcome back to this week's episode of Grief with Grace. You know, each week I do an Oracle card reading on my Facebook page, and I love doing these. And I'm always amazed at the messages that come through. And this past week, I realized that a theme had been coming up through the cards over the past month or so. Now, I use different decks, different card decks each week. I have so many card decks. It's, I mean, I've been using them for probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight years um, in my work. And so I have a lot. Um, But I use a different card deck each week. I mean, sometimes I'll use the same ones, you know, a few weeks after whatever. But so it isn't that the exact same card is coming through, but a common theme or message keeps coming up and it feels important enough to do a podcast episode about it. And if you looked at the title of the episode of this, the title of this episode, you probably know the theme that I'm talking about is forgiveness. It's a big, deep topic that could go in so many places. So let's see where it takes us. Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for women healing from loss, trauma, and grief, or who know there's more to life but aren't sure what it is or where to find it. Whatever brought you here, you are not alone. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, soul navigator, mystic, intuitive, bereaved mom, and grief and trauma guide. Recreating my own life after a divorce in 2008 and going on to create and live a life I'd only dreamed of after that. I found myself on a new healing journey after my 29-year-old son unexpectedly left this life in January of 2019. So I invite you to grab a journal, a cup of tea, light a candle and get cozy, and allow yourself to be seen, held, soothed, and inspired on your journey to wholeness. Blending the practical with the spiritual, Each week, my guests and I will inspire you to connect with who you are at soul level so you can find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. So you may have heard the saying that forgiveness is for you and not for the other person. And while I do believe that that's true on some level, There is so much more to it than that. There is a quote that I really like that says something like, um, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it does enlarge the future. And so, you know, forgiveness is really about releasing resentment towards someone else and toward yourself. We may not even be consciously aware of the fact that we're carrying resentment. It's much more common to know that we're carrying a great deal of anger usually towards someone else. Now, I've had clients ask me how anger and resentment are different, and I like to think of them as cousins. They're different, but they're still related. So we tend to hold anger more inside of our bodies. So for example, if something makes you angry, you tend to feel it usually in your solar plexus or gut area. Resentment, on the other hand, tends to be more in our minds. Both anger and resentment can be present at the same time. And we need to address both of these things on our healing journey. And forgiveness is the path to that. What happens is we carry anger and resentment in us from previous experiences in this life 
and from past lives and from our ancestors. It's all carried in our DNA and it's part of our part of our karmic cycle that we keep repeating from lifetime to lifetime until we do the healing work to release it. Now, here's something that's really important to keep in mind. In this life and in previous lives, we have been both the victim and the perpetrator of things. And don't misunderstand, there are levels to each of these things. You know, using a using a sharp tongue towards someone can inflict emotional harm. Being involved in the death of someone, whether intentional or not, is a different level. But either way, we are the perpetrator of directing harm towards someone else. And it's always um, fascinating to take a client through the past life process that I use, where they find that they were responsible for someone else's passing in a previous life. And when it's, especially when it's a bereaved mother who learns that in a past life, she was responsible for taking someone else's life. It has a profound effect on her compassion and empathy toward other people. And she makes amazing leaps in her healing journey with that knowledge and realization. That doesn't always come up, but when it does, it is a profound experience. So talking then about resentment and how I said we usually have more resentment toward ourselves than, you know, we feel more anger toward other people and we usually have more resentment toward ourselves. This requires forgiving ourselves. And this can be so hard when we have experienced trauma or abuse or had a spouse or a child go to spirit we tend to swim in all the woulda, shoulda, couldas of life. You know, if we were physically or sexually abused, we might blame ourselves, um, maybe not even consciously, often not even consciously. But, you know, we may question, we may doubt ourselves, um, doubt our intuition, ask ourselves why we put ourselves in that situation, why we went out with that person, why we took that route home. I mean, that list of possibilities is endless. If our child or spouse or other loved one left this life, we may be angry at him or her if they left by their own hand, their own choosing. Um, If someone else was involved in their passing, we may be angry at that person or persons. So my work with my clients is all about helping you raise your awareness, raise your consciousness, grow as a soul so that you can feel some compassion and empathy for that other person and for yourself, and begin to feel some forgiveness toward that other person or toward yourself. I'll share something that's helped me with this. As I have moved out of the 3D consciousness that I lived in for much of my life and moved up into 4 and 5D consciousness, and let me say, And this is a big topic for another day, but whether it's 1D, 2D, 3D, 4D, 5D, 12D, whatever it is, those are not places as many people tend to think when they hear those terms. They're states of consciousness, of awareness, of awakening. And again, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but that's important in this conversation. Don't think that that's a place that you're going to suddenly arrive at. It's a state of consciousness. Okay. So as I've expanded my awareness and my consciousness, I have found that it helps me to look at other people as souls and not as human beings. I know that can be kind of a a mind bender on the surface, but it really works. 
At least it does for me. And here's why. And it does for my clients too, when I share that with them and when we work on that. So going back to, um, I wrote it down. Where is it? Episode three, where I talked about soul contracts. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's been one of my most listened to episodes. So give it a listen. But that whole topic about soul contracts and soul groups, here's the thing. We are all like actors in a big play. Earth, life here on earth, that's our stage. When the play is over with, we go back home, back to spirit. Okay. That's our true self. Just like an actor in a play is just playing a character or persona. We're playing a character or persona here in this life. At the when the TV show, the movie, the play is over with, that actor or actress goes back home to who they are in this life. We do the same thing. When we leave this life, we go back to spirit, to who we truly are at soul level. Okay. And so what I've learned from through reading and listening classes I've taken, I mean, I was thinking about it earlier today. I probably could be well on to becoming a definitely a lawyer um, and perhaps even a doctor with the amount of money that I've spent on my education over the last 12, 13 years. It's astonishing when I think about it, but it's been so worth it. It's been so worth it. And I'm grateful for every single person I chose to learn from and every single financial investment that I made because it was all, and it's better than any money I could have spent on law school or going to medical school because it's all on my growth as a soul and my growth as a human being here in this life. And so what I've learned from all of that, and also from my own experiences with meditation and from you know, from what I've learned from my spirit guides, angels, all of that, what I know is that we come to life, this life with a plan, just like a script for a play. The actors and actresses have a script that they follow. We each have roles to play in this life. People from our soul group agree to play other parts, other characters in our lives. And I'm going to use myself as an example to illustrate this so that it's easier to understand. And let me find my notes because otherwise I will not, I'll forget something. So before I incarnated, before my parents incarnated, our souls all agreed, we all got together and we agreed that they would be born first. They would have certain experiences at a certain point they would meet. And then at some point I would be born and be their daughter. My children's souls and I got together and agreed that I would be born first. I would have certain experiences in my life. And then ultimately I would give birth to them and they they would be my sons in this life. Now I've talked about this before, but the day that my son Greg left this life, I said that from a soul level, I knew that we had agreed to all of this. Now, as a human being, as his mom, I will never understand that. And whether whether he wanted to have a short life and I agreed to be his mom, or whether I wanted to have the experience of outliving one of my children in this life, and he agreed to be that child, as a human being, I will probably never know which one of those it was. I just have to trust that my soul knew what it was signing up for, what it was agreeing to. As his mom, I'm heartbroken and devastated, and I always will be on some level. 
So when Greg left this life, he did not leave intentionally. Well, not on a human level anyway, okay? He did not intend as a human being to take his final breath and to leave this life on that night in January, two and a half years ago. Now, I will say, because I haven't really shared much of this publicly, um, but he had a few close calls with death over the course of his life. The last one was only about six weeks before he ultimately did go back to spirit. Each time, each of those times, other people were involved. And again, when he ultimately did leave, other people were also involved, not just with the final end of his life, but leading up to that as well. And, you know, reflecting on it now, even the person involved in the incident six weeks prior had a part in what led to his ultimate passing on January 6th, passing from this physical life. Anyway, I could choose to be very angry and very resentful towards so many people. I could even be angry at Greg for buying and using the cocaine that, while he did not know, was laced with fentanyl. I think I've talked about that on the podcast, about the way that if I didn't, I'll just briefly explain that Greg used recreational cocaine. I don't condone that. I don't use drugs. I've never used drugs, um, but he liked to have fun. He he had a very good life. He was physically very fit, but he liked to have fun. And unfortunately, one of the things he did was he used recreation, recreational cocaine and he bought some cocaine that was laced with fentanyl. So, um, So there, you know, I could be angry at a lot of people, including Greg. And to be honest, 15 years ago, I probably would have been. I know I would have been. I would have wanted justice. I would have wanted revenge. That would have been the 3D Lori wrapped up in this 3D play that we're living in. Instead, what I do is I remind myself that all the people involved in any way, all of us got together before any of us incarnated and agreed to all of this. But ultimately, it was Greg's soul that chose his final exit point. Because again, he could have left a few times before that. Oh, my nose is itching. Um, You know, even, gosh, even as back, far back as when he was, I think he was, would have been 90s. He was seven when uh, he and his stepdad were on a four-wheeler and it tipped over on a hill. And it was only because his stepdad reached his arm out and pushed the four-wheeler away to keep it from crushing Greg. So even as far back as that. But remembering that my soul agreed to this is how I keep from letting the anger and the resentment eat me alive on a human level. Yes, I have forgiven so many people who were involved in Greg's life at various points, including right up at the end. And let me say something really important here. I do speak out about the fentanyl issue. Don't think that I just ignore that. I don't. I speak out about it. I went to Washington, D.C. to talk to Congress about it um, in September of 2019. I want to bring awareness to the evil that is pouring into our country because it is it's poison and it is killing way too many people. And far too many people still have no idea about any of it. The history of it, the the way it ends up in our country is horrific. And just because I've forgiven people involved in what happened to Greg doesn't mean that I have brushed the whole issue aside. Okay. So I want to make sure that you understand the difference there. And there is a difference um, that's important, but 
there, you know, there's that whole notion of forgive, but don't forget, right? I'll forgive, but I won't forget. For me, that means I will forgive the person, but it doesn't mean that the person shouldn't face appropriate punishment if that is available. For reasons I won't go into here, there were people involved in what happened to Greg that will never be held accountable in this life. I did pursue that for a while. I finally surrendered all of that. And again, I forgave those involved within me because while there may not be any accountability in this life, first of all, they have to live with the knowledge of what happened. Every single one of them. Okay. That's a burden on their heart and on their soul. And then the other part of that is that we all go through what I call a life review when we take our last breath in this life. I know theirs won't be very pleasant. It will be uncomfortable, but that's for their soul and their soul's guides to work through when, when they do leave this life and go through their life review that I'm not part of that. That's not my, that's not my issue. That's not my role in anything. Now does forgiving and surrendering, surrendering mean that I love or miss Greg any less? Not at all. Oh my God. Not at all. I'm grateful though, for all the learning and growing that I did from a soul perspective before he left this life so that I have been able to forgive and surrender in a way that again, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to, because what happens when we can't, when we hold on to the anger and resentment, is that it eats us up alive from the inside out. You know, there's a spiritual text called A Course in Miracles, and part of it says that all disease comes from a state of unforgiveness, all disease. Again, it literally eats us alive from the inside out. Holding on to anger and resentment causes us to be tense all the time, even when we sleep. When we can't really relax, it compromises our health. When we can't forgive, when we're holding on to that anger and that resentment, it will affect our physical health. It will lead to things like cancer and heart disease and stroke and a myriad of other things. And so who's really being hurt by not forgiving, by holding on to our anger and resentment? And I want to, I pulled a book off my shelf because there is an excellent book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And this book is filled with so many, just, I mean, it's an amazing book. It's her story. Louise Hay was diagnosed with cancer and she healed her cancer by doing a lot of really, really deep work. And I won't go into her story. You can read the book, but um, there was a lot of forgiveness work involved and it wasn't easy, but she healed her cancer. And I think she was, I think she was in her early fifties. Again, I don't remember exactly. um, But I think she was maybe in her early fifties when she was diagnosed with cancer and she didn't, she lived to be 90 or 91 years old. Um, So it's really amazing what, what happens to our health when we do not forgive. And when we hold on to all that anger and resentment, and that's part of the work that I do with my clients in helping them release those emotions, those lower level dense energies, like anger and resentment. And I know, I know there are going to be some of you who might say, but Lori, you don't know what happened to me. My anger is justified because of whatever. And what I would say to that is that 
we all have had shit happen to us. That's part of the human experience. For whatever reason, it's part of why we incarnate on this earth to have these experiences. As I said, one of my sons is no longer in this physical life. I've been cheated on. I've been abandoned and left with no financial support when I had a baby to provide for. He was two at the time. Um, And I hadn't worked for two years. Um, I've been sexually abused. I've been emotionally abused and emotionally abandoned. These are things I don't often talk about, especially publicly, because for a variety of reasons that aren't important. But I use them as examples to show that, again, we have all been through it all of us in some way or another, but we're sovereign beings and we get to choose how we move through our experiences. Now, I haven't always chosen ways that I'm proud of, so I get it. But as I've grown through the years, as I've raised my consciousness, I've learned to look at things so much differently than I did in the past. Because in all of our experiences, we get to choose whether to allow them to make us bitter or better. You may have heard that before. And I have found that by choosing to allow them to make me better, it's helped raise my vibration. It's helped raise my consciousness and it's helped me heal a lot of things, a lot of woundings. It's helped me release anger and resentment. It's also helped me step away from situations and people that are harmful for me. All of that helps me heal. It reduces my anxiety. It brings more peace and calm to my life, less stress, which brings me back to my point. I look at souls more than as human beings. I look at people. I look at people as souls more than as human beings. Just that tiny shift has changed everything for me. Um, That reminds me of another teaching from a course in miracles that says a miracle is a tiny shift in perception. So that tiny shift from looking at people in their humanness to looking at them as souls and as actors in this play of life, souls that my soul chose to connect with in some way in this life has brought miracles to my life. Again, a miracle is a tiny shift in perception. So if you can make that tiny shift in perception, you might find that some of the anger and resentment start to dissipate. Now, again, I know some a lot of you also might be thinking, I can't. I just can't even imagine forgiving so-and-so for such and such. What they did was just too terrible, too horrible, too horrific. This is such a big piece of the work that I do with my clients. Forgiveness, anger, resentment, all of these things usually come up at some point in the past life work that I do with my clients in shifting their emotions, in healing on a soul level, because that's what my work is all about. It's about helping us heal in this life, but at a soul level so that you clear some of the karmic baggage that you come here with so that you don't have to come back to this planet, to this 3D life and repeat these experiences again. Because if you can heal on a soul level, you have like completed and fulfilled that contract. Okay, so I want to share with you something that I do with my clients, many of whom have also felt that way, like they just can't even imagine forgiving someone, letting go of the resentment and the anger. And every single one of them that I've done this with has said that it's helped them so much. So if you cannot imagine forgiving, if you cannot imagine of letting go of the anger and the resentment, ask yourself this question. 
Ask yourself if you are at least willing to be open to it, to open the door just a crack and take a peek at it. That's all. You don't have to fling the door wide open. Just open it up a tiny bit. Just be willing to consider it, to be curious about it. Maybe you begin with forgiving yourself for not being able to forgive someone else. Often that's the baby step that unlocks the door, that opens the floodgates toward a whole new level of forgiveness. All right. I think that's all I had to share with you. Um, you know, as I said, this is such a rich, deep conversation, and I've really only scratched the sur- surface of it in this episode. I go into so much of this in my work with my clients because it is so pivotal in their transformation, in their awakening, in on their healing journey. And there's one more quote that just came to mind that I want to share with you. Forgiveness is the greatest gift gift you can give yourself. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is the greatest gift you can give yourself. Really hear that. Let that sink deep into your being, into your soul. And I invite you to journal on that. See what comes forward for you. And then email me and let me know because I really would love to hear from you. If you'd like extra support and to see if you'd like to explore more ways that we can work together, email me to get on my calendar. Um, As I record this, we are about to say goodbye to July of 2021 and step into August of 2021. I am opening six spots on my calendar in August for free exploration calls. I probably will not have any in September of 2021 because I am moving in mid-September. I am moving two days after Greg's birthday. So don't tell me that he didn't have a hand in the timing of that. But I'm opening up a couple of extra spots in August since I really don't think I'll have space um, to do any of these in September because I'll be packing and moving and unpacking and settling and oh my goodness, all the things. If you're listening to this after September of 2021, reach out to see if I have any openings for my free exploration calls. We can do so much work in those calls and uncover so much and people find so much value just in those calls. Okay. And until next week, Thank you as always for listening. I love the emails and the comments that I receive from you. I read and respond to each one personally, not always as soon as the email comes in, but within 24 hours or so. Um, And I do that because it means so much to me that you take the time to reach out and connect. So until next week, I am sending you as always so much love, light, beauty, and grace. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Grief with Grace. Please be sure to like our Grief with Grace podcast Facebook page and find me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you new content and new interviews each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I really hope you do, please be sure to share it with a woman who could use some inspiration in her life and on her journey. Until next time, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.